Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. You just heard Overnight by Syrup from his new EP, Cure, and Sunny by Saran, because that's how we're feeling today. We have an epic show lined up for you tonight with just myself, Aaron, John Paul, and Celeste here to give you some news on the Spotify versus Kakao M K-pop wars, a new play based on a famous Studio Ghibli film, as well as an interview with Merlin Tong, who is an actress performing in the current run of Enlightenment, an imaginative modern retelling of the classic Journey to the West story, as well as many more awesome discussions. So, everyone's heard about a little film, that small anime film called Spirited Away. Well, guess what? They are going to adapt it for the stage. Why? (laughs) (laughs) And it'll be premiering at Tokyo's Imperial Theatre in February 2022. And it's going to be written and directed by none other than the person who helped co-direct and adapt Les Miserables, the musical. Oh, really? And it's actually, yeah, an honorary associate director of the Royal Shakespeare Company. But the thing that's kind of jarring, and there isn't much news about it at the moment Mm -hmm. because it's still in production, but the main character, Chihiro, is going to be played by 22 and 23-year-old actresses. Huh. All right. So what do people think about this? Well, I mean, kids can't act, so I guess this is the only choice they've got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a big role, isn't it? It's a massive shoot. You got to fill in. That's it. I mean, like, imagine being an eight-year-old and trying to, like, you know, put on such an act, right? It'd be mm. pretty hard. But I thought that was the appeal of Chihiro, is that she acted and behaved like an eight-year-old girl. So surely yeah. an eight-year-old girl would be able to behave as herself, maybe? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But mm. that's the thing, is that if they're 20, in their 20s, how different is the story going to be? if it's going to follow the same plot but just have an adult protagonist or Mm. if they're going to completely change a lot of things. Yeah, I wonder, is is the character herself going to be like an adult or are they still going to play like as a child? (laughs) That would be interesting, a 20-year-old playing an eight-year-old. Yeah, you just have to find a really short 20-year-old. Yeah, but I don't think they're that short. But I'd say part of the magic as well of Spirited Away and a lot of Ghibli films is its 2D animation. Mm. So I absolutely love theatre, especially musical theatre. And I think a lot of magic can be had in the theatre, except it's just not the same, I guess, appeal unless they have, I'm not sure, people dressing up as the spirits Mm. Or they have these amazing, like, illusions of people, like the dragons. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flying. I don't know. And I absolutely love, you know, how the bathhouse is, like, surrounded by that really shallow water. The train tracks kind of just chug along through the water. Oh, yeah. How do you do that? (laughs) Uh, Fill the stage with water. Keep the train spinning in a circle. Yeah, that's true. I suppose suppose they can maybe pull it off with some theatre magic, but... I mean, what kind of theatre magic, though? Because you're pretty familiar with theatre, aren't you, Zania? I think there's a lot that can be done because you've got, for example, I've seen productions with screens behind them, digital LED screens, and they can change it to suit whatever. For example, I know the musical Anastasia, which was based on the 20th century Fox version of the story. They had a train scene, Mm -hmm. and it's just like a single carriage, but it's on a turntable, so if it was just turning the led screens would change so it fits that direction or when the actors are performing the train would turn it's almost like you're watching it from almost like a camera Mm -hmm. and it sort of pans through the windows 
as facing their lines. So I think there's going to be a lot that could be done, for example, for the train scene in that way. Maybe you could have what looks like water on the stage floor. But yeah, I think part of the magic is not knowing what to expect, but also that's the downfall. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we're going to expect in this adaptation. But. Yeah, what if you get disappointed, right? I know. Yeah. You know, so what, I- what I want to know, how do you think they're going to adapt the big uh, no-face scene? Where he's, like, gobbling yeah, up everything. Big and, yeah. I think they'll just add more people underneath it and it becomes, like, this massive puppet. Oh, yeah. Or, really like, cool. yeah, or someone, like, initially starts off as just as no-face, but then it becomes, like, a contraption at the end. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe it'll come to Australia. Because I, I guess Spirited Away is such a success. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up doing an international tour. Yeah, everyone knows about it already. I'll be surprised they actually bring it to Australia, to be honest. I don't know if it's going to be such a major success that the world's going to see it. Yeah, mir- miracles could happen. Who knows? Yeah. And aside from the anime community, I'm not sure if many people still know or care about spirited away yeah it is fairly old it's a fairly old film yeah it's been a while well we're so old (laughs) that's rude we're like a youth network we're sin so john paul okay that's quite contradictory (laughs) (laughs) but anyway if you are interested in seeing spirited away or have some thoughts about the play adaptation let us know on facebook instagram and twitter at asian pop nation K-pop. Everyone loves K-pop, right? You love K-pop. I love K-pop. Xenia, Aaron, you all love K-pop, right? If you love K-pop, you might have also heard of the news of Kakao Entertainment, the K-pop company. They pulled a lot of their licenses from Spotify. And recently, a lot of their songs had been uh, just taken off the platform. Everyone was freaking out. Uh, But apparently, it's okay. A lot of the songs are back on now. But I mean, still pretty stressful, right? In light of this, what song could you not live without? Hmm. If major companies wanted to fight over music, and for some reason, all of the songs except one disappeared yeah, one from song. every streaming yeah. service and I have to listen to one song for the rest of my life and just to like suit the anime or not even anime like the Asian theme uh-huh. of the show I'd probably pick Eden by Monkey Magic from Fruits Basket the I remake see. second right. season good choice yeah I just it's one of those songs because I think Fruits Basket has like the remake has had no misses with their OPs or EDs I absolutely love all of them but this one was one that took me a while to warm up to and now it's like at the top of my list of amazing songs because I think it's like a mix because the song is also good. I love the vocalist. has a very interesting and distinct voice. But also that the ED has all of this these screenshots of the characters and it's got a lot of traditional elements of Japanese culture right. about how the order of the screenshots are actually the order of the the lunar calendar in Chinese and Japanese tradition and so they have all of these flowers that symbolize elements of the characters so I think all of those memories tie together to make this a song that I don't think I could live without and also the lyrics is just I guess really hit close to home to what this story is about too about feeling lost looking for a a person to help support you but anyway that's me Aaron do you have one you said you've narrowed it down from 15 to 3, so I'd like to hear what you've I'm still, narrowed it down. I'm still stuck between those three, to be honest. 
I'm still stuck. So Go I'm for it. Gonna... You can explain all three, and then if we know them, we'll, we'll choose for you. Yeah, we'll um... pick one. <laughs> well, the three I chose was Will by True. That was from the Violet Evergarden movie. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, yes, continue. Oh, I can see someone's a fan of it. Yeah, um, the other one is Crystallized by Seono Hideyuki and ZK Tilly. Is that which... from a series as well? Uh, no, that was actually from a mobile game that he did. Oh. Yeah, the game hasn't been released yet, which I'm still not happy. Well, in Australia anyway, but yeah. And the uh, last one? Haruwa, that's it. Haruwa Yuki, that's it. Haruwa oh. Yuki by Emil. Haruwa Yuki. And that was from the final movie. Wait, that was from, that's the final theme song for Face in Night Heavensville Part 3 Spring Song. Oh, this is a fake song, right. Yeah. Why did you choose those three? Well, Will is actually the first, well, the song Will from Violet Evergarden, that actually has a story for me because that was the first movie I cried. And especially, <laughs> I'm not joking. That's a good movie to cry on. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the first movie I actually cried. So that's stays as it is. What part was it that you started crying? Was it the end? Was it like... Spoiler alert uh, to anyone listening. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's two parts. Uh, the end credit scene, which with the theme song Will, and especially the other theme song by True. And the yeah. other one is on Violet's Letter, which was the near end of the midway point. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a Gilbert. Uh, Harubai Yuki, which, uh, yeah, a mere song. Mm. Um, the reason why I got, I like that one, because it's actually related to spring. And, well, consider that film was released to spring in, in Australia, and especially How the Heavens Feel was also a really good movie. Mm. I still like it as it is. That's it. Okay. And I'm a huge, a huge fan of Mia, so that's that. And and Crystallize was actually the first song I actually, well, I actually slept to peacefully. I don't know why. So I'm stuck between those three. That's it. All right, we got it. We've cut it down to one. <laughs> I only okay. know one, so I'm gonna choose true. <laughs> 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 uh, but that's okay. I like that. I like those answers for all three. There's this band called Lucy. I love them so much. They're kind of like um, Radwimps in that they're kind of atmospheric in their music. Oh, I see. So if you're interested in Radwimps, definitely check them out. But yeah, currently at the moment, like we've had news of Kakao M and Spotify signing an agreement, but I'm still waiting for the songs to upload. Like, yeah. I just want them back. My yeah. first reaction was, I'm going to go listen to them on Spotify. <laughs> and of course, yeah. It's not there, but, you know, you can go on YouTube they're pretty good live as well. Oh, but why couldn't you live without them? Oh, it's just like the songs are a breath of fresh air. It's just nice. It puts you in a good mood. Mm. Mm. But John Paul, you're lucky, nice. Okay, I've looked through my music playlist, and I think I have two. Okay. Yeah, so one of them is the second opening of the Fate Zero anime series called To the Beginning by Calafina. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds very good, very epic, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, most interestingly, right, it's got females with, real, with deep voices, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like I don't hear that enough. I don't hear enough, like, females singing in, like, that deeper tone. I really love that. So if that was gone, I would cry a lot. And the second song, a really obscure song called Neh, N-E-E, by a band called Pampers. And the reason I love it so much is because it's really hard to find. Like, I tried searching it up on Google, like, nothing. I've tried to look for the artist. They only made, like, one album, and then they disappeared. Like, nowhere, gone. And that was their magnum opus. Yeah, that was it. Like, that was it. I'd, That's all I'd we been needed listening to, to it. I'd been listening to this song since I was, like, 15 years old, <laughs> when I found it on SoundCloud, of all places, right? <laughs> And like that's the only place it's on. Maybe like you could try search it on YouTube, right? It's, but it's really hard unless like you know Japanese. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's one of those things. Um. So like it's in itself, it's already so rare that if it was gone, it'll just it'll be a memory. Like no one would know 
but me. Wow. What yeah. a burden to bear. Yeah, it's a really big burden. <laughs> You'll have to recreate the song if it ever oh, disappears God. from the face of the earth. I swear, if they like copyright have it live on. or something. <laughs> I actually want to say that, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. Those are my two songs. Beautiful. We'll probably play them after this, actually. Nice. So if you're listening, here are some of the songs we can't live without. <laughs> All right. Oh, nice. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Woo. Nice. Woo. We are about to speak with someone who is starring in a modern remake of Journey to the West called Enlightenment, the brainchild of Joe Paradise Louis, which reimagines the two characters from the story as women in contemporary Australia. And Merlin Tong, who we're speaking with tonight, is starring as the Monkey King, or Sage, as she is called in this adaptation. And we're really excited to have her. She's an amazing actor and playwright with some Recent performing credits being The White Pearl with Sydney Theatre Company, The Shot with Queensland Theatre, and with some other amazing projects as well. So give it up for Merlin Tong. So thanks so much, Merlin, for coming to speak with us here at APN. How are you? I'm going really, really good. How are you going? I'm grand, yes. I'm so excited to have you here in the show. I'm excited too. I guess to start things off, for those who aren't really familiar with Enlightenment or Journey to the West, can you tell us a little bit about it and your role in Enlightenment? Ooh, yes, yes. So let's start at Journey to the West. So that's an epic legend that um, I grew up in Singapore. So I've seen like 100 versions of it, really. It's a uh, monk who is traveling to the West and the monk uh, recruits some disciples and they follow her to collect these sutras. And if you grow up, I think anywhere in Asia, really, there's a version of this story that happens. And one of the characters is Sun Wukong or the Monkey King. And that is who I am playing in this, this iteration of the show. Exciting. And you're, instead of being called the Monkey King, your character is called Sage. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you get into the character of Sage and how did you get the role to start with? Ah, okay. So maybe to start with Sage is short for one of the official titles of the Monkey King. It's Great Sage Eagle of Heaven. So therefore, I think it's so clever that Joe, you know, just used that word Sage as a name. Really brilliant. So how I got into the role is, well, first of all, the show got written by Joe Paradise Louie. And a couple of years ago, Elbow Room, the company who produced this show, actually got a group of artists together to read the work and do a development on it. And I was lucky enough to be a part of that development. And Joe's a dear friend of mine as well. And yeah, reading that role, I just connected lots to it. And thankfully, they enjoyed it too. So now that we're in production, um, I get to play the Monkey King. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, it's exciting. And what are some of, I guess, the joys and challenges of taking on a role like this one it has such, I guess, history, but also you can bring your own mm. self into it. Are there anything like that? It's like, I think with the challenges, it's a tricky one, isn't it? When it's a character that you've seen your whole life and so many versions of that character that you've encountered. So now that it's my go at interpreting it, then uh, there's lots of choices to be made, I guess, like how I want to bring that role and how I can bring my own flavor to it. And the other challenge that I think it's beautiful is that Joe has written this character to be so 
complex and nuanced and the layers of the story is just incredible. So I had to put aside my own simplistic understanding of the Monkey King to allow his robust and glorious version like to enter me. Mm. <laughs> And the joy is, I mean, who doesn't want to play the monkey king? Come on. It's exactly. <laughs> yeah. And do you find any similarities between who you are and Sage or the monkey king? Is there anything that you feel you kind of already embody in a character like this? Mm, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think there's lots of elements of Sage that I can feel very much in my being. Like Sage talks a bit about poverty and there was a moment in my life when I've gone through that. So I can access that part of it too. And class differences is discussed as well and systemic problems that we have. I think it's so many people, I think on many different levels are going to relate to Sage. And what are some of the differences? You kind of touched on it a little bit about the complexities behind Sage, but are there other key differences between Sage and the Monkey King from the original source material? Yeah, for sure. I think I, I am in my body, so I am what I am. And I will embody the Monkey King in my way. So that naturally comes into it. And it's queer too. You know, I'm in love with a woman as well. So that's a very, um, you know, it's a variation from the versions that I've seen anyway. Mm. And I, I really love it. I think it, I think it deepens the story actually. And what do you think it is about Journey to the West that's sort of continued across time and still makes it such an important story to tell today? Yeah. You know that I, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, of course. I don't want to give you spoilers, <laughs> but I'll just say this. This show has a relationship to Journey to the West. <laughs> it's, it's a tricky one because it's, it's not um, exactly that mm. too. But the characters, if you know the characters, um, many of them are there, but there are many other layers as well. And sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> I guess like why you think it should be told today? Why is it still an important story in the modern yeah. era considering it's such an old story? Oh gosh, I tell you what, this version of the story is absolutely important to be told today. It touches on issues that are happening right now, right here in Melbourne, in Australia, across the world. You will see parallels of things that you've seen in the news, perhaps. And the beauty of it too, it's, it's not prescriptive, so you will receive your version of it, but the issues that is presented is incredibly current. Mm. And what was it like working with, you know, Joe and the director and also your co-star, Alice, who plays, I guess, in the original story would be, is it the prince? Is that the... <laughs> yeah, so she, uh, Alice is, it's so tricky. <laughs> Without spoiling anything, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Alice's character's name is Sid. Let's just mm. say that. They should think what they want from it. <laughs> but it's a fun um, discovery to find out mm. what Alice represents through the show. <laughs> And what has it been like sort of working with the cast and crew on this project? It's been um, absolutely incredible. This crew, this cast, all the creatives, everyone, it's been like the ultimate dream team coming together. It's been many years in the making to come to this moment. Everyone has such deep love and respect for each other and for the text so it's, 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 it was a bit scary too because, you know, many of us, we haven't been on stage for a long time because of COVID. And 
we are so delicate with each other and brave with each other. And I've, I've found some really phenomenal friends already through mm-hmm. this process. It's, it really is a beautiful team that's been assembled. And Elbow Room is, this is, um, I think, my second time working with the company. And I always enjoy and adore the experience, the process that they bring to the work. Mm. And what is it about enlightenment that you're most excited to share with the world? Is there a particular aspect, I guess not going too much into the story, that you hope the audience members will remember walking out of the play? Um, What I really want to share, you know what, I really want to watch the show. Yeah. (laughs) Watch the show because it's, I I guess, the... uh, explosive creativity that is coming together it's going to be really exciting like from the lights to the sounds to the projection to the costumes oh my gosh the costumes and the acting the sheer talent in the room that cosmic explosion of all of it coming together on stage is is what I'm so keen to share with audience members I can't wait for them to see it yeah and also you mentioned a little bit how it's been such a long time since you've been back on the stage is there something that you realize you've missed so much about working in the performing arts is there something that you didn't think you would miss (laughs) until it was kind of gone (laughs) for sure one thing immediately came to mind is learning lines yeah (laughs) (laughs) I just I I love it I love the ritual I never realized how much I loved it until recently and the precision of getting it correct you know and then finding meaning and nuance in it and the repetition of saying it as you're walking to work, say it in the shower, dreaming about moments of those lines colliding and merging. Like, I've missed lines. <laughs> mm. That's interesting because I guess a lot of people would find it as some of the hardest parts of being yeah. an actor is having to remember yeah. your lines. <laughs> I thought that was the hardest part too. So I was re- it really surprised me that I missed it so much. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess that was sort of my last official question, but yeah. my last point is where can our listeners find you if they wanted to follow you and Enlightenment? We yeah. are playing in Melbourne at the Northcote Town Hall for the next two weeks. And then uh, in a month or so, we will be going to Perth as well. Yeah, so It'll be really exciting. Yeah, can't wait. Um, if people want to follow me, um, Instagram is probably best at Merlin Tong, uh, which is my name, and also follow Elbow Room. Everything is just at Elbow Room, I believe. Fantastic mm. company. So much great stuff. Wonderful. And the next song that we're going to play here on APN is a song that you recommended called 3001 A Space Disco by Astrophane. So why did you choose this song or why were you told to choose this song? <laughs> <laughs> um, I consulted with Joe because he is the master of music. And uh, we, he introduced this artist to me and I think she is just phenomenal. And so out of all the songs, he's like, this one, this one has the vibe. This one has the vibe we're after. So I hope our listeners get a, a sense of the vibe of the show from this song. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I look forward to listening to it. And yeah. thank you so much, Merlin, for taking the time to speak with us today. We're really excited to see Enlightenment. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to see you at the show. Not sure if you heard a show called Demon Slayers. Well, technically, there's a girl's version of it as a K-pop musical. Believe it or not, Sony Pictures is developing a new movie with a pack of female K-pop stars who slay evil spirits in between digs. Wait, how's that wicked? (laughs) I I just added that to be quirky. 
like, how's that? Like, how wicked is that? I'm not sure. This is not my type of thing, but okay, we'll get to the point. It will be directed by Maggie Kwan and Chris Applehands. And King was interested in the project because she wanted to do homage to her Korean pride and wildly popular K-pop music she grew up with. I don't yes. know what to say about this. Uh, would you watch it, Aaron? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Well, visually, it's going to look a lot like uh, that Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Is this the same Do you like that, Aaron? It was a good movie. I'll give credit. It was a good movie. Hmm. Mm. But not enough to watch, like, a completely irrelevant story about (laughs) K-pop demon slaying I honestly don't know how the K-pop stuff is going to fit into this movie, to be honest. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Is it going to be sung in Korean? I want to know. I'm... I'm just wondering, is it going to be like a musical style movie, like Disney and all that stuff? That's what's going on in my head. I have a feeling they're like going to be singing while they're fighting the demons. Dude, oh, the, this whole movie is going to look like one long music video. I have a feeling. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised. But I was wondering, what do you think the plot would be? It seems like it could be kind of predictable. Yeah. What do you hope happens? Uh... I don't know, but I mean, the typical story, it sounds, sounds fine. I mean, if you... It's going to be like Hannah Montana. It's like, we have to hide a demon <laughs> playing inside oh, from that. our fans. Start that with me. And then at the end, they're like, we accept your demon slaying side. And then... Wow. So deep. <laughs> don't start should, that. You know what? Unironically, I think I would actually watch this. <laughs> just for, like, just for fun. I want to see. But it's probably going to be like, there's a demon that threatens the entire world and we have to stop them. And then halfway through, they're like, no, we can't. But then someone's like, yes, we can. And then they defeat them with the power of each other's friendship. Maybe you should write this. Maybe you should write this, Zenia. I'm sure it's already been written. And I just (laughs) have such good pre-science skills. Yes. For some reason, when I'm looking at this, it reminds me. For some reason, it's just Wings Club all over again in my head. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's less bubbly. I wonder if they do transformations. It's like into Demon Slayer mode. Oh yeah. And then cute K-pop music. Uh, well, just from like <laughs> just from what I'm seeing from the designs, it seems very punkish, like very yeah. rebellious in a way. Uh, why do I feel like it's gonna be like Blackpink? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Black- yeah, but I'm excited. Yeah. We'll see how it comes to be, because. So, if you are interested in demon slaying girls and K-pop musicals, then you're going to love this, I think. But tell us what you know or any updates that you might have about this movie, whether you think Sony will do a good job on Asian Pop Nation's social media pages. That's at Asian Pop Nation pretty much on the main social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm sure we'll bring updates when we hear more news about this. So, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. In other words, Evangelion (laughs) 4.0. Why did they do that? (laughs) That's a real mouthful. Um, So, the Evangelion Rebuild series, originally slated as a four-film series, the last film was recently released, I think, a few days ago, I believe. We've literally been waiting for this film for nine years. And recently, Studio Kara has reported that the film has sold over 500,000 tickets on its first day and hauled in around 7 million USD, US dollars, basically. 
I know most people don't really know much about Evangelion, but this movie releasing is as if Star Wars was ending, right? Like that's how big it was in Japan. I remember Star Wars ever ends. The Star Wars. It, it, yeah, <laughs> Star Wars is Star Wars, right? But like well, Evangelion ever ends. Is this it? Nothing else. God, I hope it's it, because I just want to be over with it. Like I'm done. I want to be freed from this cage. If you like it, why does it feel like a trap? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like it's like you don't want something. Why does it feel like you're in the robot or being forced to get yeah, in the robot? It feels like I'm in the robot, right? No, but it's like it's one of those things. You have a show you really like as a young person, but then you have these corporate people just trying to rehash it and beat the dead horse until you know everyone's tired of it. So, so is the horse. Yeah, so is the horse, but he's not tired. He's dead. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Um, All right, Evangelion is a dead horse. Yeah, it's pretty much a dead horse. But like that—that's how it is. Basically, this is the end. It's the end of Evangelion. I don't know. It's a—it's a weird feeling. Mm. It's like seeing your childhood. It's like leaving your childhood. Behind. Is there anything you wish would end already, or wish yeah. that? Oh, you know what? What? What is something that you wish? Could finally have a conclusion that perhaps has been on hiatus forever or doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. Mm, like long time franchises, huh? Or that like they've just pushed it for too long. Time to give it a break. Hmm, I wonder. It doesn't seem all that common in the nah. world I found. Like Evangelion is a very special case. How about Berserk? Surely. Yeah. Oh, some- God, yeah. yeah. Have you read that, Aaron Berserk? I don't want to read it again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Because I realize how mature it is. Mature. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hardcore. I've seen the show, hmm. well, the '97 and the Golden Act trilogy. I'm not touching it 2016 and 17 again because I'm not going to touch it again ever again. <laughs> but I just want the series to end. That's it. Yeah, everyone wants it to end. Uh, when did when did it start, Aaron? Do you know? The like the source material or the anime? Source material. I think it was early 90s, I think. No, yeah, on, 90s. Be, I think it would be around late 80s, I think. It would be probably in the late 80s. Oh, God. So it's been like 30 years. I, I'd say Berserk is also one of those things that I just want to end. <laughs> like, release me from my suffering. The thing is, especially if you're kind of caught in a lot of serializations or current mm, serialization, true. it's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. When does this end? When are we going to get a conclusion? 89. Wow. 89. Yeah, that's when the show, well, that's when the source patrol began. But why did it go on hiatus? Uh, Digital trades and other projects he's working on, that's it. Oh. And there's also a long-running joke that um, he spends a lot of his time playing Idol Master. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why he doesn't uh, work on Berserk. Um, But I mean... If you read the recent chapters of Berserk, you can tell he's getting kind of tired of it, too. Like, he's getting old, you know? Mm. True. Yeah. One that I want to start again is, like, it's been forever, is that romance, like, Nana. Oh, I've heard of that. Nana. It's just been yeah. on hiatus forever. Oh, and yeah. so I, I'm wondering, because I think it was based on, the reason why it went on hiatus was that the mangaka was ill mm. and couldn't continue for a period of time but it's been several years and i've heard it's a good series but i didn't think i would read it unless it's finished because mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like what am i getting into <laughs> yeah, that's right that's that's how it is yeah it's like a ghost that lingers in the back of your mind 
And like in the case of Evangelion, I'm I'm finally free. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. Um. So we don't know when this will get released internationally. Usually, with this kind of thing, it takes a year before it gets out of Japan. Um. But I just hope that when it comes time to see it, that it's a nice send off for a very long, big series that's meant a lot to Japanese people and everyone around the world that's watched it. Uh. But yeah. Hopes are good. All the spoilers on the internet uh, seem to indicate. So, yeah. Wow. Literally, you just ruined the movie for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. But, like, here's the thing about Evangelion, right? Like, especially, I knew this with the original series. I already knew how it was going to end. It was so absurd and outrageous that I just went, how in the world did it get to that point? That's kind of like, that's what made it fun, right? Like, how did it end so absurdly? So, uh, that's kind of the same case with this film. Uh, yeah. Check it out when it comes around to Australia. Okay, all right. So Pokemon is celebrating its 25th year as Pokemon. Yeah, Yay. I don't know if anyone's like a fan of Pokemon. I'm a huge fan. Ooh, and ooh. I think recent <laughs> news was um, during like some virtual concert they had, they had Post Malone perform for it, which was like, oh, really? what? <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Um, but they also announced, they have made some announcements on making, um, they've got remakes of their DS games of Pearl and Diamond, I think it was, and they've called it, what was it? Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl yeah. or something like that. They're really good at naming things. <laughs> um, yeah, so I haven't actually played Diamond and Pearl. I have them on DS, I just couldn't be bothered. But they also announced that they were going to make a whole um, new adventure called Pokemon Legends. And this is basically, um, I think it's gone through the stories of how Pokemon came to be and with the legendary Pokemon. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure how to say, pronounce this, but it's Arceus. Ar- yeah, I believe so. Arceus. Arceus, yeah. yeah. So I'm interested in that. Um, they've got uh, unique starters as in like, um, just like a mix of previous starters, but put together, and it's like you get to choose from these three. And yeah, I don't know if anyone is interested in the games. Are you excited about the new one, or are you like looking forward to the remake? I know Zenia, you're not that into Pokemon. You just like missed the whole. I just yeah, I just missed the craze. But I did want to know why was Diamond and Pearl so good? Does anyone know? I played a little bit of Pearl. Wait, was it Pla- Platinum? I uh, stopped. That's okay. it. Because it got boring, or no? I was like, listen, you know how you borrow games like your convention blockbusters, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I played it on the DS, and I think it was just halfway through the game when I first started, and I have no idea what was going on. I was lost, so I just like turned it off. That's it. I did something different. I bought the pre-owned version um, of Platinum, played a bit of it just to see what the last save was, and like I found the mechanics really good. So because I haven't played it originally i'm excited to just play a remake with mm. better graphics and like you know <laughs> yeah i heard it's going to be quite faithful but they've just changed the art into a bit more like a tv style yeah that seems to be how it is yeah, yeah. They just the graphics Whoop. i'm fine with that what do you think would need to happen for you to become like invested in pokemon just to be a child again i guess yeah. <laughs> no responsibilities that's true. More time to play Pokemon with friends. Yeah, that's true. Like Pokemon's a really time-consuming. It's a time-consuming game. Very much. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel repetitive from when you played yes. it? <laughs> it's 
Each game is the same thing, just with a slight tweak of the storyline. Like, instead of, it's Team Rocket you're battling against, it's Team Magma. And it's like, <laughs> it's just a repeat of the same story. But I enjoy the process of, like, catching Pokemon um, and building my own team to make this, like, really cool, powerful team that annihilates the <laughs> Pokemon League. Um, I don't know how everyone else feels about it. I feel like it would be cool. I think that's a nice concept, even though it's the same each game, but having that build your team, sort of build your power levels is kind of <laughs> what I think is cool. So if you're interested in playing the new Pokemon game, Pokemon Legends, or interested in the remakes, let us know on facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or on Twitter and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. <laughs> You have reached the end of our show tonight here at Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. You are joined by myself, Senya, the EP of the show, and you've also heard from our amazing team, JP, Celeste, and Aaron. Some of our members weren't unable to join us for tonight's show, but you'll definitely be hearing their voices sometime soon. But in the meantime, if you have any requests or any feedback or comments you want to make about tonight's show, you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. And be sure to listen to any discussions that you missed on our podcast. We are on Omni, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You'll be able to find us and listen to all of the things that you missed out. Believe me, you don't want to miss a thing. So thank you for joining us again. This is Senya signing off. And next week, we'll certainly meet again. (laughs) 